You are tuned in to Respect My Crown. Hello, ladies. Respect My Crown is a community designed to support women who desire to step into the abundance that awaits them. We know that now is the time to manifest our visions, realize our dreams, and accomplish our goals. Respect My Crown is a support system that encourages women to deepen in spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. And I am so excited about our special guest today. She believes in empowering and equipping people with skills and tools and resources that they can utilize for life. Her passion is to eliminate mental health stigmas that are prevalent within the Black community helping to eliminate this gap that we have between Christianity and therapy. Oh my gosh, that's so real. Uh, she's a licensed professional counselor in Georgia. She is a podcast host. She is a speaker and an authenticity coach. And she is a good friend of mine. Please welcome Bianca Hughes to the show. Hey! Hello! <laughs> you like that? Um that gap in that Christianity piece. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl, that is so real. I mean, yeah. at some point, I just want to just walk into the pool pit and just shake people. You know, it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> All right, we can yeah. pray about it. That's cool. I'm down with that. But when are we going to sit on somebody's couch and really work this out? You know? Yeah, yeah, for real. I it agree. Yeah. <laughs> no. I am, um, my friends always tease me about when I tell the stories of when we first met because they say I always screw it up and I'm just like making stuff up. So I'm going to tell the story of when we met and then you can tell me if, if I, it's total bullcrap. So okay. I, we first met at my book signing at Correct. a mall in Georgia, right? Correct. And you came into the book signing and I I remember you saying something about how you like to support black women authors and you asked me what my book was about and we had a great conversation about it and then we ended up following each other on social media and then we became friends. It was like a real authentic thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't hard. <laughs> it wasn't. You, yeah. the, story is the story is correct. Yes. You did okay. It up. You know what? For the first time, I got it right. See, my <laughs> friends are always like, mm, Jay, no, that's not really what happened. So look, I got it right. See, 2020 is off to a great start. Yeah. I'm over here telling the truth and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm always curious to know when I hear a person is a therapist you know, what led them to becoming a therapist? Were you always that friend who was giving people advice on their problems or was it just something that interests you? Um, you know, it was something that's interested me. You know, funny, I was telling someone, so just for reference, you know, I am from London and I was born and raised. So um, I came here when I was 26. So if I mess anything up and we get lost in translation. I apologize. <laughs> so um, I was telling someone the other day how 
in London, we do this thing when we're about six, we leave school at 16. So between 16 and 18, you do what's called A-levels and then you go to university to do your degree. And I remember I originally did an A-level, well, started an A-level in psychology and stopped because I didn't like the teacher and I changed my whole thing and went into travel and tourism. So this is actually a second career and I wow. would say that, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. So I think it's funny how things just turn back around. And so I'd say this is my second career and I wanted to be where God wanted to me to be. Like I wanted to have something that was my calling and, you know, was my purpose. So it probably took about a year um, for like, a lot of prayer, a lot of guidance, a lot of seeking, asking questions, writing things down, reflecting on what I enjoy and things like that and reflecting on my life. And um, even my own experience with doing some counseling that I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is what I want to do. This yeah. is what I'm going to do. Your specialty is perfectionism. Woo! <laughs> in this world where we have become obsessed with being perfect and you know just being real about it at some point I thought perfectionism was a strength like you know when you're in a job interview you're like yes I'm a perfectionist you know we take pride in being a perfectionist but I don't know how do you define perfectionism and yeah. how does it show up in our everyday lives so I totally agree that it could be confusing for some people for jobs do look for that person. But I think that just to preference to say that there's a difference between perfectionism and excellence. And I think often what the jobs are seeking is excellence versus perfectionism. Mm -hmm. um, so I define perfectionism as a consistent and exhausting cycle of trying to be enough. And the reason why it's a cycle is you're trying to ob obtain this thing of when I'm finally enough and you never feel like you're ever enough because you're trying right. to aim for perfection and perfection does not exist. And so you get frustrated, um, you get anxious, you get depressed. The way it shows up in our lives is um, I'm constantly criticizing myself for not being enough I'm constantly chasing goals no matter what goal I meet I'm always on to the next goal I'm not celebrating the goal that I have right now um when I look at myself in the mirror I can never see the beauty I'm always picking out what's wrong with me you know things yeah. like that um and so those are some examples I can be controlling right um, it's a big impact on self-esteem. You know, perfectionism is not a disorder, but it can lead to things like anxiety, depression, um, eating disorders. Oh my gosh. So I always preference to say that it's not like in the, what we call the D DSM as a mental health disorder, but there are a lot of different things surrounding it. And, and it's huge because, um, I see it as, and the way I work with it, shall I say, is it's about our identity and our identity is a core of who we are, right? And so it's so important and that's why it's flagged um, in so many ways in society today. 
Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, I've been talking to some friends who are speakers and mm -hmm. we were talking about how we don't post videos a lot on on social media because of what we feel like we have to look like, you know, like we have to be so put together. I don't, you know, most days, especially cause I work from home, my hair is all over the place. Like it is right now. And you know, I have on my glasses. I don't have on makeup. I have on my boyfriend's sweatshirt and you know, some sweatpants right now. And I would never consider doing a video right now. You know, mm. because I need to have on my lashes and, <laughs> you know, my hair has to be, you know, laid to the gods. And <laughs> I just, uh, I just can't, like, I cannot see myself doing it. And so now when I'm talking to some of my friends who, who also are speakers and I'm trying to tell them, girl, you need to do some videos. And they're like, I'm worried about like having to look a certain way every time mm. because the people that we see, right? And here comes the, I guess, comparison part, but the people that we see that we love to see their videos, they're really put together. And what's sad is that I believe the content is all that matters. Like, I think if those same people didn't look so put together, I still would be focused on the content, right? Exactly. But in my mind it just it has to be this way and it's like when did it become that way and how do we get up out of that mindset um well first of all let's be honest um we like to look at things that are pleasing to the eye <laughs> yes and real. <laughs> yeah i you know um I'm fine. I like, I don't really care how people talk, but for sure, if someone talked on a video or I've seen people talk on videos and I've said stuff to friends, like a sly comment and you're eating, I'm not going to look at your video. <laughs> I don't want to look right. at that. Um, and so yeah. we all have what we like to look at and what's pleasing to the eye and what, you know, catches the attention. And so and we're all guilty of that. Otherwise, why would there be, you know, movies and nice things? And, you know, I got something in the, in the mail from Apple today. And I was like, ooh, this is fancy. This is nice. It was a nice experience, right? It made me feel good. It makes us feel good. So that's a natural um, <clears throat> thing within us that we want to look at nice stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, we can't. But when we are constantly, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look nice when you do a video and look presentable. But it's like when it's stopping you from doing what you need to do and you have a message to get out and it's the thing that's always stopping you, then that's the problem. I always talk to people about having things in balance, right? Yeah. And so when you have a message and you have a content it needs to talk like this is just not about you right right getting it's out not. of that and people don't care 
if you yeah. if you have a message and this person is struggling or this person's in pain they're like all they think about like you said is is the content good can they connect with me do they hear what i'm saying they do not they will bypass how you look they yeah. will bypass how you look and so we have to that's again where it comes back we have to do the work on ourselves and be comfortable with ourselves and be confident one of the things I'm working on is being confident and believing in myself when you say doing that work right Mm -hmm. the just immediately what I think about is how deep some of us need to go Mm. because like let's just keep it real when you talk about you know, giving yourself permission to be who you are. There is some work that needs to be done that's going all the way back to the little girl that's inside, right? Yep. And it's just like, how do you know how deep you need to dig <laughs> to do the work? <laughs> um, I don't think the work ever stops. And that doesn't mean, and so when I say that, that's not preference to say you need to be in therapy all the time. I think that there are different ways to do the work. Therapy is definitely one. And the reason I say that is that you can't just come to therapy and think that you're doing the work. You have to do the work outside so that you can continue to do the work, if that makes sense. And so I think that instead of focusing on how deep I need to go, focus on your, what you are doing. Because if you focus on how deep it's going to be like forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're always growing. We're always developing. I think it's good that you said that it's something that is an ongoing process because when I first started going to therapy, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was like, I'm going to go to therapy for three times and then I'm good. (laughs) And look, new me, new goals. And I was in therapy for three years. And Deal and dealing, you know, you go to therapy for one thing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with uh, coming out of an abusive relationships, um, then realizing that I was in a, an abusive relationship with my mother, but um, and how that relates to me being happy with who I am because I think sometimes we're still um digging up some of the words that we've heard from other people and mm-hmm. you know we've kind of attached those words to our brain we've made those um false statements real in our minds right mm-hmm. and you know i guess how do you give yourself permission to be you you know that word permission comes up so much um it's a big word that i'm used and i think it starts with you like it starts with literally saying I'm gonna give myself permission to be me right um and like I said recognizing it's gonna be a journey and being intentional about discovering what does that look like what does that feel like what's not okay Mm -hmm. and what's okay and it's it's definitely something that's intentional and therefore you're going to have to protect yourself in certain 
cases because you may be put in a situation or asked to do something that is not gonna give you space to be you or give you time to be you. So once you make that, and I encourage people to say stuff verbally because it gives it more power um, to say that, and then like, and then I'm gonna be intentional. And then I'm gonna take some time out. Then I'm gonna discover. Then I'm gonna read some books. Then I'm gonna do some, um, you know, research. Then I'm gonna take some time to be quiet and be still and connect with me. You know, it 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 is a process. But you make the decision, and then you make the decision and choice every day to continue that process. Oh, that's good. That's good. The permission to choose, mm. because sometimes we are so caught up in pleasing everyone else and being who everyone else wants us to be that we we don't even know that we have permission to to choose you know to put yeah. ourselves first yeah. i always share people just on that choice thing because um uh, i remember when i would share this when i worked in um a hospital with, with and do groups and um I just made it very simple because I know a lot of people would say, well, I don't have a choice. And unless most of the time we have a choice, unless you are, of course, a child um, um, or if you're in an abusive situation, right? And your power and your power has been taken away. But the, for the majority of us, in the most cases, we have a choice. It doesn't feel like we do. And at the end of the day, we make choices or decisions every single day that we don't think about. I have a decision to get out of bed. I have a decision to brush my teeth or not. You brush it, but you can also not brush your teeth. I'm going to put clothes on. Well, you don't have to. I make up my bed. Well, you don't have to. Or I didn't make up my bed. Or I can make up my bed. Every single day, we are making decisions and choices. But it doesn't feel like it because it's routine yeah gosh we do we really mm -hmm. yeah you're right so mm -hmm. routine you really don't, you don't realize it um what yeah. have you learned on your journey oh. um <laughs> while giving yourself permission to be you like what are some things that really stood out to you that you said wow like oh. i didn't know this about or this was important to me i said something i think i said it to you uh I was sharing with you. So one thing I've realized is the money shame um, recently mm -hmm. um, in regards to where I should be financially and where I shouldn't be financially. And that I think I said something along the lines of like, um, I think money is better than me. Um, yeah. Yep. And, and money makes me feel insecure. Hmm. And I think that came from giving myself permission to recognize I have money shame and be willing to do the work around my money shame. Yeah. Um, so, but to mm -hmm. the process of how you got there, like what were the conversations or the questions uh, that you asked? Um, I was actually doing this, um, where is her name? I'm actually looking at it now. Jaquette. Timmons and she had this question and she do I have this question in front of me I do 
And she's talking about how we have to have a relationship with your money um, and how important it is. And I think the question was, how would you describe your current relationship with money? And I actually got anxious. <laughs> it's like, I don't really? know. I don't have a relationship. I think I got anxious because I couldn't ask a question. And I know that I don't like when I can't answer a question. Um, I like to be very knowledgeable. <laughs> Yeah, and I couldn't ask a yeah. question about me. Um, and so I remember leaving my house and going for a walk because I was that anxious and I was just mad because I couldn't answer it. And I was like, I'm leaving this house and I'm going for a walk. And um, I went for a walk and then I was talking to a friend and I was just bent in. I can't believe she asked me this. I don't know. I don't know. I feel embarrassed. Da, 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 da. You know what? And I just blurred it out. I feel like money's better than me and it makes me feel insecure. Mm. That that was the process of that coming out. So in what ways have you been working to change that? This year, I have a couple of words. And one of the words that I'm focusing on is being at ease. And so, like I said, it would make me feel anxious. So I have been at ease and I'm learning to do some affirmations and be grateful because I also learned that, um, how did I learn this? So I used to rent out my house for Airbnb and I stopped. And so the money, of course, coming in was reduced, right? I was just like, oh, if only I had that money. Da -da 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 -da. After I had the money, I would complain that only if I had more, I would be able to do this. And it was like, yeah. girl, it don't matter what situation you're in, it ain't never enough for you, is it? Like, yeah. literally having this yeah. conversation with myself. Yes. It's <laughs> so real. And I learned, so I learned to be more grateful. I had learned to yeah. be more grateful grateful that i can pay the bills what get okay it's i'm not having the money like i wish i could but I, I, i'm still paying my bills and i'm still eating so yeah let me be grateful and i feel like that builds up that excitement and then i've been journaling um whenever i get the time i have not been like perfect about it of course um just about the things that come up around money um, because I think that it's getting bigger and more people having this conversation. I just literally had on the podcast someone talk about overcoming their financial anxiety, especially amongst black women. I think that the conversation around money and the money shame is happening a lot more now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad, too. But it takes people to really be transparent, right? To have those conversations because we're, once again, going back to, um, you know, the need to be perfect. We feel that everybody's got it together. And if you look on Instagram, it, it appears that everybody's got it together. And we, if you follow people, you know, we hear, uh, you know, you should follow people that, you know, you look up to or people who are doing what you want to do and everybody just looks like they just got it together. And mm. a lot of times that's not even the case. It's just, you know, what we want to show to the world or you are wanting to really inspire people. And so you're putting on a, a front <laughs> for people 
happened. Yeah. Or some people really don't it all together. Or, you know, this area of their life may be all together and they might be suffering in other areas. And we don't know that. But um, I don't know. I think it's it can be challenging sometimes to be real with yourself when you are comparing yourself to things that that aren't even mm-hmm. real. Oh, yeah, that that's sense? a big one. Yeah, there's, there's a quote, um, something like, don't compare your insides to someone else's outside. Mm, yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's exactly what you're saying. And I think that's a constant reminder. I I have probably, I would say as a therapist and anyone else, I actually have that constant reminder that people are human and because I see the pain that people experience. And so even though, you know, that's not to say I don't get caught up in social mind, in social media, but I have a stop point where I could be like, wait a minute, you don't know, you don't know about this person. And I can have that conversation with myself. But if you have never been exposed to people being vulnerable and real and seeing what's behind closed doors, it's hard for you to understand that. That's why I'm so grateful for the friendships that I have where you can have those genuine conversations with people and and know that it's okay to say that it's not okay all the time. And, uh, you know, not to say you aren't working on it, but can you just be real about, you know, how you feel today and and what's been going on? My friends now tell me, like, I know what it looks like on Instagram, girl, but how are you really doing? (laughs) And I'm so grateful that they get it. You know what I mean? Because not to say that I'm acting at all, because I really try to be as transparent as possible. But I also make money from Instagram, just as I know a lot Mm. of people do. And, And so you post things that you know will generate engagement and likes and uh even on my bad days you still see a picture of me smiling you know what I mean and um kind of smiling through the pain but I also sit on somebody's couch and work through that stuff Mm. too (laughs) so and um before I let you go I do want to kind of dive into the uh Christianity and mm-hmm. uh, mental health. It's just unfortunate to me how still after all this time, you know, where you have more people coming out saying, hey, I, I go to therapy or, you know, or I have a, a life coach or these certain things. And yet still, you know, you are hearing in church, you know, well, you need to stay in this relationship because um, this is, Mm. you know, your husband or this is your, and, you know, regardless of whether it's abusive, um, you know, you need to stay. And, um, and that's just one example, but we often hear, you know, uh, get on your knees and just pray, 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 pray. And it's like, geez, you know, what about, how do we do the work? How do we get rid of that stigma? I was guilty of idolizing the pastor or the minister. Mm. Oh, yeah. And 
I remember there was a situation where Bossa was just sharing some stuff and it was, it was related to mental health and the information was incorrect. And I was very mad because I cannot believe you're telling these people this and they're hurting. And so all of it wasn't correct. It, it was just their perspective. And, and, and I was just so mad. I was upset and I was hurt and, you know, just processing it with my friends. And then I came down, you know, they're just sharing their experience as much as they are sharing the word of God, but they're also sharing their own experience and their own stuff. And Bianca, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, you have to chew the meat and spit out the bones. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And because they're still human. Yes. Yeah. They have been given an anointing. Yes. Like, if you come sit on my couch, you're going to come chew the meat and spit out the bones, do what works for you. Yeah. They are human. And, oh, my God, when I realized I idolized them, I stopped and listened to what God was telling me. I knew Because I knew what God told me to do and to be a counselor, I knew what they were saying wasn't lining up and didn't make sense and it didn't sit right with me. And I was willing to have the courage to step back and say, no, I'm not going to listen to this. I'll come back when the, when the message changes. But this I'm not listening to. And so yeah. I would say you have to gain the courage to seek. You know, you hear this all the time. Seek God for yourself. Develop it, a relationship with God for yourself. Where is he telling you to go? What is he telling yeah. you to do? Who is he telling you to speak to? Because if you're just going to sit here and take the advice from a pastor that doesn't know you the way God knows you, then that's on you. Mm, that's and so good. once people start taking the courage to seek God and get their own treatment, then you begin to build up people because we are the church who have done the work and then can help other people do the work and then you begin to change the stigma it starts with you and then you having the courage to speak out and share it and not hide it and speak up on it you know and so i think that that's that's how that stigma starts and then you know it, it it is you know, I've tried to get to churches. It's not always easy to get into church to speak as a therapist. It's not. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. guidelines and what are you going to speak about? Or, you know, you want to make sure you don't say the wrong thing or, and which is it, it, opposite to, you know, the, the many forms of Jesus is he's a counselor. So he it's is. like, the mighty counselor what and you don't want people to go and get help (laughs) you know and you have to separate the mind from the brain they are two different things the brain is part of your body so when you have a mental illness it's just like you have a cut or a diabetes or a sickness your brain is sick right and so that's another thing is education Get yourself educated. Stop listening to people and find out for yourself. Yeah. You're responsible for that. So what I've heard you say is um, having a certain level of self-awareness is is key, right? Mm -hmm. Because I need to be able to know me enough Mm -hmm. and to trust 
what I'm feeling, you know, to make those better decisions, um, get educated on it and trust your intuition, which is really God inside of you. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Like you have to build that muscle, build that courage. You sitting here waiting for someone else to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. You can oh do my that. God. That, yeah. That's not taking you responsibility. Know. You're not taking your right. Now you're being irresponsible. I love that. I, I remember doing a, like a little video blog about this a couple of years ago. And I was like, <laughs> stop asking everybody questions about what you should do, you know, because everyone's going to project onto you their limited thoughts and you know it's really projection right everyone's had their own experiences and they think they can't do something so then they tell you you can and this and it's just like trust just trust trust god mm -hmm. inside of you he is not going to let you down like there's a conversation that's happening and you just have to trust yes um, exactly this is so good you know i could talk to you for a whole nother hour um <laughs> i know i could talk forever on this subject because oh gosh I, this, yeah, this is fired up because there is no like you you don't there is no scripture that really goes against mental health that that's right. if you can find a scripture that goes against it then bring it to me but i don't find a right. scripture that goes against it i find a lot that goes for it yeah, that's so good. That's so true. I think I'm um, post that. <laughs> ooh, you post. Look, there's a quotable right there. That's there is beautiful. no scripture that goes against <laughs> mental health. <laughs> yep. I'll repost it. Let me know yeah, when you post it. Get being um, a therapist. Yeah. Yes. Well, where can people follow you? Yes. So you guys can follow me on authentically you and that's b-e-y-o-u on um instagram or facebook is it's, it's authentically b and then um you oh and then my podcast is authentic wednesday podcast you can follow me on instagram there too and on facebook and do you have a website yeah. oh yeah my website is um bianca khughes.com and on the podcast we talk a lot more about those vulnerable conversations so we're bringing people more into their authenticity and so if you're someone who's like oh, i want to give myself permission to be me that that's probably some good stories to listen to oh i can't wait yeah i i want to thank you so much and something i have not I guess really shared with you um, as I'm in a season of gratitude and wanting to share with people how grateful I am for them. But um, last, no, two years ago, I reached out to Bianca on Instagram and I'm like, girl, I want to go to London. And who do you know in London that uh, kind of aligns with my mission? And, you know, I'm trying to meet some great women who also want to make a difference in this world. And Bianca sent me, I don't know, maybe like 10 people on Instagram, check out their Instagram pages. She's like, these are people that I know are doing great work. And I reached out to one of them, uh, uh, Jenny Garrett. And, um, and she, well, I reached out to all of them, but Jenny Garrett is one who responded back to me. And she actually brought me out to London to speak last year at her mm -hmm. Rocking Your Team event. And um, 
and I had the most incredible experience speaking to about 300 girls out there. And I want to thank you um, because we take for granted sometimes people's time, (laughs) number one, Mm. right? And, you know, you took time out to just answer a question and to um, to respond in a real way where you gave me some people to reach out to. And I don't take that lightly because when you look at how um, these divine connections appear, um, mm. this was something that was divine for me because I asked God for the last few years since I quit my job, you know, I want to speak around the country and I want to make a difference in every place that I go. And so for the, this is my first time speaking outside of the United States, um, which, you know, I can say I'm a global speaker now, you know, and I spoke in Australia last year and um, that would not have happened if you didn't take the time just to respond back to a simple question. So I want to thank you so much and let you know how just grateful I am for you. Wow. And for um, our friendship. And um, and I just am really appreciative of you and the work that you are doing. You welcomed me to Atlanta with open arms and we uh, <laughs> attended one of your events. That was so fun. And uh, I was so I was so filled up when I left there with your um, siesta sisters. Sister Siesta. Yes, it was just so amazing. And uh, yeah, so I just want you to know that you you are such a blessing to the world. And you've been a huge blessing to me more than I probably have been able to express to you. And I just want to thank you for being who you are. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, you make me cry. I'm just smiling. <laughs> and we need to hear that sometimes people yeah. just don't you don't realize it but I always ask my guests to leave with one affirmation um mm. so if you could give us your I am and fill in the blank what would be your affirmation for today oh um I ooze serenity Ooh, I ooze serenity mm-hmm. I like that Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And what does it mean to you? Um, it just means it, it encompasses everything like joy, peace, um, clarity, um, calmness. I just ooze that out of every part of my being because it's in me and then I ooze it out. And so the space around me and the people around me also experience that too. Bianca Hughes, everyone. And you are tuned in to Respect My Crown, the podcast.